Oh, truth and diversity come to Radio Simi. Thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Well, a big thank you to Radio Simi for having me on and giving me this platform. My name is Kelly McManaman. I was born and raised in Simi Valley for 18 years. Um, after I graduated from Simi Valley High School in 2016, I attended the University of California, Santa Barbara, graduated with a bachelor's degree in communication and sociology. Um, after I graduated college in 2020, like a lot of college students, I came back to my hometown while the pandemic was just starting. Um, and so as I was kind of in my room and back in my hometown, there were a lot of things that I wanted to fix within the community. So I started two organizations. Um, one is called Rising Me Valley, which is a social justice organization. And the other one is called See Me Serve, which is a COVID-19 organization. Um, and I'm also the community organizer for Buen Vecino, which is a nonprofit that primarily focuses on undocumented folks. Um, and then this upcoming academic year, I will be attending Georgetown as a master's in public policy graduate student. Uh, so you mentioned Buen Vecino. Um, what is that and what role do you participate in? Yeah, so we are centered primarily in like Simi Valley, Conejo Valley, Thousand Oaks area. Um, so Ventura, East Ventura County is kind of our for, you know, our specialty. Um, I am a community organizer at Buen Vecino. So my job is essentially making sure that there's accessibility and inclusivity in the communities that we work with. So one of the big projects that we're taking on this year was actually creating a coalition comprised of local activists within the Simi Valley area. And we wanted to kind of pinpoint areas that needed improvement or that could, you know, improve accessibility for constituents in the area because that aligns with our entire mission statement. So actually for our current project, we are focusing on the city budget because the city budget, it's a very intimidating, uh, you know, piece of work. It's about 300 pages. There's a lot of legal jargon, a lot of numbers. And for the average person who's, you know, working, having a family, they don't really have time to be going over this 300 page document. And so as a coalition and organization, we wanted to make sure that we were we were creating presentations um, of the city budget that people could attend to and at least you know, get get started in being interested in the city budget because it's a lot of numbers, but the city budget also controls a lot of facets of Simi Valley, like our infrastructure, water maintenance, policing, housing. And a lot of people don't think about how important and crucial the city budget is. So as of right now, that's our current goal of just making the city budget something that is more glamorous as opposed to something that's really intimidating and just tears a lot of people away. Where can people learn more information about the city budget? So there are different ways that a constituent um, like myself or yourself can learn about the city budget. So firstly, the Simi Valley City Council or the city in general, they host um, two different kind of forums for the city budget. Um, the first one is actually tentatively scheduled for May 24th at 5.30 p.m. Um, and that's when they kind of introduce the new budget um, upcoming for the fiscal year. This time it'd be 2021-22. Um, and then the second um, meeting that they have is when the city council either approves 
um, they vote to approve the city budget or they readjust the city budget. Um, that's tentatively, tentatively scheduled for June 7th as of right now. Um, those are the two ways that the constituents can kind of learn about the city budget through the city. Um, what we are doing as a coalition though, is we have found, I have been studying the city budget. We have been studying the city budget as a coalition for nearly two to three months. And let me tell you one presentation, um, it is not going to cover the in-depth um, sort of intricacies that the city might not go over, right? Um, so if people wanna learn about the city budget, we're really urging them to come to our presentations as part of our campaign to make the budget more accessible. We have created three presentations going over the budget. Um, so two are in English, one is in Spanish. We actually have one tomorrow on May 15th from one to 2 p.m. We have another one on May 19th from seven to 8 p.m. And we have our Spanish version that's entirely accessible in Spanish on May 22nd from two to 3 p.m. And we think our presentations are especially unique to um, you know what the actual city has to offer just because we do have, a, we have three presentations as opposed to their one. Um, and we make them on weekdays and weekends to make sure that they reflect the hours that maybe working class people are available, you know, that parents are available, but also we have a Spanish version which the city fails to offer. And seeing that Simi Valley, our, our second largest demographic is Latinos and Latinas. We really wanna make sure that we're hitting those people People. because at the end of the day, our presentations are about making sure that the city budget is accessible and that people are interested in becoming a part of it and ultimately have the confidence to go and speak to the city council about what they want. You've been studying the city budget for like two to three months. What issues have you seen so far within our budget? As a community member for nearly my entire life, to be honest, of Simi Valley, there are a lot of alarming things that I have found while studying the city budget. Um, some of the issues that I see just from a glance, um, and it's not even a glance, you have to be reading the budget in depth to find these issues. And I think that's why the going to our presentation will shed light more on the things that you probably wouldn't find if you went to a, um, you know, a city budget presentation by Simi Valley government is, I mean, the first thing off the top, and I think it's the elephant in the room, is that 49% of our budget is going to the police department. All right, and in a Ventura County article, um, Brian Gabler, our city manager, um, I'm not gonna quote him directly, but said something along the lines of, you know, we have historically devoted this amount of money to the police, um, and we wanna make sure we're recruiting the best, hiring the best. Um, and my first response to that is sort of, A, just because you've been doing something historically and traditionally doesn't mean that is the way you should be continuing to do things. Um, and second, my response is, yes, we should be recruiting and hiring the best for our city of Simi Valley, but that should also be reflected towards your city employees. The city has actually been avoiding filling vacant positions in the city of Simi Valley to maintain our revenue. So instead of looking at economic development and um, you know our, our budget, our revenue is powered by property taxes, sales taxes, and service charges. So basically in you know more simple terms, the way we get money is through housing and it's through businesses. So instead of looking at and reapproaching how we have housing 
housing and how we have businesses, you know, looking at mixed use affordable housing, which the city council has historically been against, um, and also looking at how we examine businesses. It's no secret, you know, that our mall has been failing for quite some time. You know, we're a commuter city. People go outside to other cities for their entertainment, for their food. And so it's a lot of failing business here because a lot of people go outside. So introducing a new vibrant and young workforce is so crucial, but instead our city council is, um, and our city manager, our city as a whole, right? They are neglecting to fill vacant positions. Um, so they're not, you know, they're able to pass through salaries and benefits, leaving our city employees overworked and underpaid. And that has a ripple effect in almost our entire city because when our city employees are overworked and underpaid services to the citizens of Simi Valley is also neglected. If you look at our website, our website hasn't been updated for a year, but yet we can pay our, you know, police 49% of our budget. And if you look at the last fiscal year of 2019 to 2020, there was actually a community services branch that was dissolved and put and kind of smushed along with another um, branch called the environmental services branch. Um, and that's under the general fund. But it's so egregious because if you look at the community services branch, it was supposed to help with senior services, youth services, crossing guards, right? Things that develop a community. And they had simply smushed it together with another branch, environmental services. And let me tell you, the outrage that would happen if they had simply smushed together the police department with another department. And that is because when you smush something, right, a budget is a statement of your values and your priorities. And when you just smush something with another thing, you're saying, you know, that branch is not important enough. And you're seeing that our city council is prioritizing one department over, you know, services that can be given to our community um, and also proper compensation to our city employees who are serving us. Um, so those are my main concerns as a constituent of Simi Valley. And I, I don't think that a lot of people talk about it enough. One of the last things I'll say, I know I've been kind of going off, but um, one of the last things is there's also a budget advisory committee that is um, appointed by city council members. It's kind of the legislative branch of community members and they speak to, they kind of give insight, right? They give recommendations to the city council. That committee has not met for a year. Why is that? Why is there no transparency? Why is there no constituency input? Um, and also their minutes have not been posted for nearly over a year and a half on our website. All right, so in my head, I, I, the things that I want to address is A, how are these allocations happening? And also be the transparency and service to our constituents. And with the American Rescue Plan, we're having 15 million more dollars come to the local city council. And so I think these presentations are really important saying, hey, you have the capability and you have the efficacy to speak out about where this money goes because clearly there hasn't been that transparency. There hasn't been that honesty. Um, so those are the things I find most alarming and I, I hope that we can kind of, you know, draw attention to. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you brought a lot of that stuff up. So you were talking about transparency. I guess I'll start at the end and then go back to the beginning. But you were talking about transparency um, within the, the Budget Advisory Committee. Not only do community members not know why the Budget Advisory Committee hasn't been meeting, but members within the Budget Advisory Committee don't know why the Budget Advisory Committee hasn't been meeting. 
they haven't been getting any real responses from the city manager or any other government official as to why they haven't met yet. You were also talking about how the police budget is 49%, right? And that, and as Brian Gabler mentioned, it's traditionally how much it's been. This is significantly more percentage of our budget going to the police compared to other neighboring cities like Thousand Oaks. Um, certainly not as much as, you know, Moore Park. So it's it's really interesting that they say like it's it's traditionally been that much when neighboring cities traditionally has never even reached the 50% limit that, you know, Simi Valley has had. And according to not only the city manager, the mayor and the chief of police, most of the money that is allocated to the police department is going towards salary and retirement. But at the same time, they also say that 140 officers is a small percentage of officers. But then it's like, well, if we only have 140 officers, how come like their salary is so large to the point where it's taking up 50% of our budget? 140 mm-hmm. people are making up 50% of our city budget. Like, that's kind of a lot. Like, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how much they're making. I know how much the city manager is making, and I know how much the chief of police is making. So it's not at all surprising because I feel like the majority of that money is going towards their paychecks because theirs is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I would be really interested in seeing a survey done on the people of Simi Valley to see if they support 50% of our budget going to the police or if they even know that 50% of our budget is going to the police. Because the chief of police in June of 2020 even said himself that he thinks 50% of our budget is too much money. And that when it was presented to him, he said that it was too much. And then when he brought it up to city council, um, he said there was no community pushback against the 50%. And he said he thinks that's because the city doesn't encourage people to come to those um, public budget meetings. And he said that he did support you know, uh, a a reduction in our city budget. This is very interesting because later in the year of 2020, he did send out a statement, a public statement to the ACORN and like other news sources saying that he stands behind the 50% budget for the the police of Simi. And um, so it's kind of interesting just to see how the chief of police is contradicting himself and how like the city itself is contradicting itself, so. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. I think it's not surprising that the majority of the money goes to um, people's substantial salaries because 85% of the general fund goes to personnel costs. Um, So that's not something that is surprising to me. Um, I think that what specifically frustrates me is, you know, when you go through the city budget, you keep on seeing Um, terms, and I will quote, structurally balanced budget, fiscally conservative. Um, But nothing seems balanced to me if 49% of our budget is going to one department. And that department doesn't even like if if it was like pie making, if it was, you know, something like that is absurd. It doesn't even have to be the police. You cannot deny that 49% of a budget going to one singular department is definitely not balanced as they, you know, boast that they are, that they pride themselves to be. Um, I think especially what's what's also frustrating um is i would you know i i actually did watch or heard the interview that you had with chief livingstone on radio see me and um one of the things you were talking about was like training right training for if you're working with disabled um folks or you know if there's like a special situation we've seen a lot of incidences with police and mental health um and the proper training to approach these situations. And um, 
he he had loosely said oh I wish we could have more training but we have such a constrained budget and in my head I'm like constrained budget you have nearly 37 million dollars and not even that but you were the largest increase of change so from 2019 to 2020 fiscal year to 20 to 21 they were the they had a four million dollar increase that is the largest increase of any department, which is second. The second one is public works, which, you know, public works is very crucial. It works on infrastructure. It works on water, you know, maintenance, sewage, all that stuff, potholes. Um, and, and that doesn't even even if you double that, it it doesn't compare. So it's like it public works was about two million dollars, I believe. Um, so you're just seeing a lot of money going to one department. Um, and I think the, I think constituents, right, um, like, like yourselves and mine, if you look at Moore Park and Thousand Oaks, um, they spend about 39 to 40% of their budget on the police department. We spend 10% more on our um, police department. And if you look at the rates of um, crime in the city, we have nearly identical crime rates so we're spending 10 percent more on this funding but we still have identical rates of safety um more park even has a, a significantly lower um you know crime rate of safety people could argue it's because um they have a smaller population but still if you look at thousand oaks which is actually bigger than us in population has larger amenities like you know the colleges a mall a, a cultural arts center all these larger things, they still have, I believe that they are, um, we're like 0.10% away from them in terms of crime, which is nothing, like less than 0.1% um, difference in crime. And I think that community members, um, they, you, you can clearly see 49% um, going to one department, whether that be any department is a lot, right? Um, but also, constituents don't know like okay so if we do take some money and kind of reallocate funds um where should that funding go to and people don't really have the knowledge I mean at least I didn't right like I didn't know where that funding could go to or um anything like that so I these presentations are more to educate right like I'm not going to be there being like oh this is where we need to reallocate funds and stuff like we are giving people what the you know government the Simi Valley government should be giving people which is like the efficacy and capability to make their own decisions and where they want to go to like earlier today I was talking to someone and they said that they wanted um, more money going to our youth and I'm like okay great that would have been great for the community services branch that they dissolved right um and or or even um when we talk about reallocating funds we could talk about reallocating it to like city administration or you know city services because some there's vacant positions purposely not being filled and um there's more competitive pay rates like to be honest there's more competitive pay rates in surrounding cities like thousand oaks you know moore park all these other westlake all these other places so of course our own city employees they're gonna feel neglected as as you can see there's more competitive pay rates and and they're going to be leaving us so my intention <laughs> i know that i'm i'm very um opinionated <laughs> but i i think it's just a frustration of um you know nearly half of something going to one department and and i'm hoping that the presentation that we give you know, I, there's no secret agenda. There's no template we're having people fill. There's no anything like that. 
I simply just want to give people this information and be like, hey, if you can find wherever you feel is best, if you think more money should go to the youth, if you think more money should go anywhere, then you should be able to advocate for that, but you should have the confidence to do so. Um, so I'm hoping to, you know, supply people with those skills and tools. Yeah, it's pretty insane because it's like, not only is, you know, Simi Valley over-policed and 50% of our budget goes to the police, but it's also like our police department doesn't build revenue. It's not, it's not an investment back in, financially back into the community, whereas, you know, housing and supporting businesses would be, right? So it kind of doesn't make any sense. I feel like we're wasting all of that money because we're spending it and we're not seeing anything back other than an over-policed community. And so it's, it's extremely disappointing. And I'm glad that, you know, you and, and Buen Vecino are, are helping educate people on um, the struggles within our budget. And then also, you know, as you mentioned before, making them confident enough to be able to advocate for the things they believe in. Because, I mean, as you mentioned before at a meeting earlier this week, a lot of people don't advocate because they're not 100% sure what they're advocating for and they don't want to advocate for the wrong thing. And so it's extremely helpful that you guys are having, you know, this event and I'm excited to attend um, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on to Radio See Me. And I want to thank you for, you know, um, helping host these events to, you know, boost education within our own community. Of course. Thank you for giving me the platform and time. I hope anyone hearing this, um, we create these presentations to be very beginner friendly. And like I said before, um, we're not trying to push you to one sort of agenda, but rather give you the tools and resources to make a decision on your own. And if you feel that you need to advocate to the city council, then we just hope that you have the confidence to do so. Oh, real quick, before I let you go, um, where can people find a link to attend the yes, event? Yes, if you go on Facebook um, and just type in Good Neighbor Buen Vecino Coalition, we have all of our events there. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow from 1 to 2 p.m. Is that yes, what you said? Yes, 1 to 2 p.m. Awesome. <laughs> I'll see you at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Thank you for coming on. Of course. On. Bye. Bye.